Let's be real sportscast. How's it going, people? So this is episode 96, and I'm continuing the coverage of the Last Dance documentary. This episode is called That Little Laker Boy. Now, I just want to touch a little bit on that. It doesn't have so much to do about Kobe Bryant. I mean, Kobe Bryant was a part of it in episode five, probably for like the first three minutes or so. Uh, But... um, you know, there's a lot of respect for Kobe in the game. And, you know, his predecessor, obviously, the one where he gets his game from is Michael Jordan. And this is what this documentary is about. Uh, I just want to start off. Uh, we go to the 98 All-Star game, obviously, when Kobe's a first-time All-Star, the youngest All-Star at the time, at 19 and some years of of age and some days or whatever. And, you know, it starts... a it starts off funny. This document, this episode to me was the funniest because it's just you should you see the back and forth between Magic, Bird, uh, freaking Jordan. You know, even to the point where like Magic comes in into the Eastern Conference locker room, and you know J- Jordan's just like, "Yo, get out of here!" Magic at this time is retired. Uh, Bird is the Eastern Conference head coach. And like, you know, you know, you can still see them just jabbing at each other from their playing days. And, you know, Magic says, hey, man, I used to give both of you guys the business. And, you know, it's kind of true. You know what I mean? Like, listen, it's funny because so, so much, you, you know, in today's NBA, you see that camaraderie. You see uh, how the players love each other and care for one another. And then, you know, you kind of have the old players talking about it wasn't like that back in its day. I would have to disagree with this. Um, with this documentary, it showed that it, it pretty much showed to me that there was love for back in the day. Maybe, you know, you know, on the, on, on the court, it was different, but off the court, it was all love. You know what I'm saying? I mean, remember Danny Jordan and Danny Ainge was playing golf right before freaking Jordan destroyed the Celtics. I mean, well, you can't say really destroyed because he lost that game, but man, he, I mean, he, he, he put, he hung 63 on their head, but let me go back to the 98 all-star. So Jordan, Talking about this little Laker boy, as we all know who that little Laker boy is, is Black Mamba Kobe Bryant. And uh, he, he he just talks about how he's going to go after everybody, right? Uh, he doesn't let the game come to him. He, he, he just goes out there and take it. Even Grant Hill kind of jokes, which was funny to me, because it's like, yo, like, do players talk like this, like, back in the day? Because, like, now, you, you I mean, you see players are more susceptible of talking like that about not getting dunked on. But it was even funny when Grant Hill was talking about it. Grant Hill says, hey, listen, man, I'm not trying to be on a po- on, be put on a poster. And, um, you know, Grant Hill was basically saying he not jumping with him, which I get because Kobe, when he first came in the league, boy, was he a leaper. 
uh, before knee injuries and all that other stuff. You know what I'm saying? But then, um, you know, the, the, the documentary kind of turns to Kobe a little bit. And um, Kobe talks about his uh, his his early years in the league and how the league was so much older. You know, a lot of guys weren't come from, coming from high school at that time. A lot of guys were playing multiple years in college before they came to the league. So, you know, Kobe wanted to Kobe wanted the first to come to the league out of high school. He was very young. You know, what I mean, he joked about the two air balls that um, he put up and how the league wasn't really looking at him because you had all these veteran guys, man. You know what I mean? You look at that 98 all-star team, man, it was a plug of talent, you know what I mean, that the league had at that time. So for this kid to come in and, you know, be 19 and be an all-star game, I'm like, come on, man, you're going to have to sit on the bench. But, you know, his uh his game, his game travels, man. You know what I mean? You couldn't deny his game. So, you know, they was able to, he was able to get out there and do his thing and go up against his idol, even though he said he grew up being a Magic fan. But, you know, he 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 admired Jordan from afar. And it pretty much showed in that early stage of the Last Dance documentary. You know, and one of the things people alluded to, I mean, one of the things that Kobe alluded to was uh, a lot of the time we, we like to talk about this one-on-one, right? Like this, this bat, we, we got to remember basketball is a team sport, right? We, but we like to talk about this one-on-one stuff. And I get it because I love it. Like, you know, one of my best friends, he used to say, you know, basketball is a team sport. But when it's one when it's me and you we just clear the court because I'm going to take you to school. And I totally get it. But um, Kobe talks about the one on one, which Kobe is obviously the master of one on one. Right. Jordan as well. Uh, he says, listen, he he's. He, he he doesn't really care for the one-on-one, right, when it comes to pertaining to Jordan. That's what it seems like because other times I heard Kobe like, hey, man, I'll kill him one-on-one. But basically he praises Michael, and he says, listen, man, without Michael, there ain't no five championships for me, man, because he was such a, a big brother figure. He guided him through his, uh, his um, NBA playing years and, you know, a little bit after his uh, post-NBA career, like Jordan Jordan was kind of there for him as a big brother figure to just ask him about the game, ask him about life, you know what I mean? And Jordan kind of embraced that big brother role, and it was dope, right? So a little bit later in the documentary, uh, you know, Jordan talks about his favorite place being Madison Square Garden. Now, I- I'm I'm listening to Michael Jordan, right? I'm listening to Michael Jordan say about Madison Square Garden being his favorite place to play. And in my head, man, I'm like, man, I wish you would have loved it so much that you actually would have been a permanent resident there at the Garden. Because, man, oh, man, did you beat up on those New York Knicks. Now, in the 93 Eastern Conference Finals, listen, and this is where the Knicks current Knicks players or future Knicks players or anybody who's thinking about playing in the New York Knicks uniform, they need to watch this documentary closely, right? I'm not saying you go up there and beat them, beat them boys up. And essentially, the New York Knicks in this documentary was kind of painted as the evolution of the Bad Boy Pistons, right? Where they became the main rival of the in the Eastern Conference to the Chicago Bulls, right? Really coach, a really tough coach Knicks team by Pat Riley. By the way, side note, do we see how good Pat Riley looks? Like he, you know what I mean? That's South Beach weather, man. I'm telling you. I'm looking at the documentary, and I'm looking at players in their playing day. I'm looking at players in their playing day, 
and I'm looking at them, you know, now talking in the interview, and I'm just amazed. And I'm like, man, Phil Jackson and Pat Riley look the best. You know what I mean? Jordan got yellow eyes for some reason, but, you know, I mean, I don't know what that is. Maybe stress. Um, and Jordan talks about that a little bit. So basically in the documentary, you know, you know, he, he, he talks, you know, Jordan talked about his love for Madison Square Garden. And um, so, he, you know, that was his first his first game where he wore the Jordan ones and he wore in his last game. But what we all thought at the time was going to be his last game, a speculation that there was going to be that was going to be his last game. Right. Uh, So then we go to 1984. We're talking about, you know, the 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 start of the Air Jordans, right? Basically the Jordan ones and Jordan agent, David Falk, you know, kind of took this mole of taking this team player, you know, taking this player in a team sport and turning him into an icon and how, you know, kind of like how he did Arthur Ashe. And he, you know, he had those deals, uh, those sneaker deals. And so he did the same with Jordan. Um, David Falk is the Jordan, uh, the agent of Jordan from the year 84 to 2003. So he basically runs, you know, he basically is like, hey, man, you know, you go to Converse first. Converse got Bird, Magic, Bernard King. It ain't happening. You know, you the young gun in the league. You're amazing. Your talent is amazing right now but listen we're not putting you ahead of those guys right no it's not happening so you know jordan's kind of like yo he's been an adidas guys you know what i mean you kind of see him rocking it in north carolina a little bit right nike's this upstart company and uh you know jordan really doesn't want to go with this company jordan's like nah i'm not really for them man you know you know i kind of want to rock with adidas crazy thing is and listen, this is why you got to listen to your moms. You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't listen to your moms, you don't get this Air Jordan. You don't get your own sneaker line, basically what Nike gave him, right? You know what I'm saying? And and the thing is, is like, you know, basically Jordan mom got the, had the whole world wearing Jordans, even till today. I got a plethora of Jordans in my closet. You know what I'm saying? And... Listen, you just got to listen to your moms. Yet again, happy Mother's Day for all the hardworking moms and all the moms that are there doing their due diligence and being good parents and whatnot. Uh, But Jordan listened to his mom, and she forced that ass to get on that plane. He got on that plane, and he he listened to the pitch tonight of of Nike, and he signed a $250,000 deal. So this is the thing, though. Um, I remember, like, an episode of Oprah. I don't really watch Oprah, but the reason why I'm referencing it is cuz it kind of has to do with this sneaker deal is that when Jordan signed this deal, he was a rookie, right? We obviously know LeBron signed the 90 million dollar deal with Nike before he even touched the NBA court. My thing with that was I know when Jordan was I mean Jordan was on Oprah, he talked about people earning sneaker deals before they even do anything on the court, on a professional basketball court. Well, I mean, listen, as a bitter old man, you kind of forget how you got where you got to, right? But someone should mention to Jordan, like, hey, man, you're a rookie, and Converse is paying their top guys a hundred grand plus to be an endorser for their product. And here's Nike, like, hey, man, we'll give you 250000 
and you're a rookie, and you haven't proved anything just yet. You haven't won anything, and I didn't like that. But I, I'm glad to watch it on a documentary because I know I always see that clip on Oprah, of Oprah where Jordan was on, and he talks about how basically people are earning stuff before they uh, do anything. And Jordan, you kind of kind of started that process to a certain degree right so uh you know i just you know i just want to let that be known for you know for whatever reason but but then other than that you know so you know the the great thing about it too was not only that let's not get on the let's not get on jordan about that right because you're not going to turn down money as supposedly though other players when it turned down money for supposedly not proving anything to get a sneaker deal um, but the great thing about it was, you know, Spike Lee kind of integrated culture and and um, sports, right? Spike Lee was kind of able to take these Air Jordans, do some commercials, put them in his movies, and, and, and make it more just about fashion, right? That's the thing. It's like before... before uh, before Jordans, man, sneakers were really made just to play basketball. And um, well, Jordan kind of changed that. Spike Lee and Jordan together kind of changed that. And uh, to me, that was, a, that was a pretty amazing thing to do, what Spike Lee was able to do to accomplish with Jordan based off of the, uh, you know, just making sneakers into, uh, you know, a fashion statement, man. And... Um, you know, from ever ever since then, you know, people just been people just been rocking rocking Jordans, man. Because how can you not, man? They were they were dope, man. I look at those old Converse sneakers, and I'm like, them joints is horrible. Even though Converse now do have some glow in the dark basketball sneakers that I do want to buy, which I may buy for my birthday because they are super fly. So I may get those, but we'll see. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's no basketball going on. I, you know, they, they took all the hoops away, but it's all good. I want to turn to the 92 finals just a little bit, man. Uh, so this is the crazy thing. Jordan, to me, is so competitive, right? There's no – he just finds any reason to to uh, basically just fuel himself, just to fuel himself, Jordan does in – this is what he does in 92 NBA Finals, man. He's going up against the Blazers. Well, I'll say the Bulls going up the Blazers. Nobody's a one-man team. Uh, if they do, they lose. But um, he's going to go against the Blazers, man, and he's playing against, you know, Clyde Drexler, his, his trail Blazers. And then, you know, Jordan takes a little Jordan takes a little offense to it that uh, Clyde is being mentioned in the same breath as him. Um you know, and Clyde was a good player. It was who, especially that year. I mean, he had a really good, good year in that ninety-one, ninety-two uh, campaign. And I just want to give you the numbers a little bit on that. Uh, and this is the reason why they kind of compared the two together, um, Jordan and, and Jordan and Clyde. Uh, so I'll give you Drexler's numbers first. Drexler's numbers were twenty-five a game, six point seven assists. 6.6 rebounds a game. He was shooting free throw 79% and averaging 1.8 steals a game. Turn around, Jordan is averaging 30. Okay, he's giving me five more points than Drexler. 
averaging less assists, less assists at six point one. All right, he's um, averaging less rebounds, six point four. Not that much off from Drexler, six point six, but still under, right? And then he's averaging two point three steals a game, so zero point five more than Drexler, and shooting eighty three percent from the free throw. So you can see why um, that year, particularly, people were comparing Jordan to uh, to Drexler or jo- uh, Drexler to Jordan, right? Because Drexler was kind of doing his thing, uh, but man, did Jordan proceed to put the whooping on that boy? But I do want to say though, what they did kind of omit out of the documentary was that. Drexler was kind of injured in that finals, right? They don't, they don't, they don't really mention that. And I wonder why. Well, I know why, but they don't mention that. You know, uh, Drexler had a knee injury, and in September of that, September of that uh, uh, season, well, after the season, during the off season, he had to get uh, some some cartilage fragments removed out of his right knee. Now, I know what you're going to say. During that late in the season, everybody's injured. Now, you may be right, but knee injuries, specifically around that time, was very devastating, very devastating. So Drexler was a little banged up, uh, but Jordan still gave him that whooping, and I, and I, I totally get it, man. You know, J- J- Jordan, was a, Jordan was a beast, man, and uh, he, pretty, he pretty much put the beats on uh, – on uh on Drexler and them boys uh to win their second title. Will Bond even said he said, Man, I think that ninety one and ninety two team was the best Bulls team of all time. He might be right, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know how you be seventy two and ten. But uh, you know, it's all good. Next I wanna kinda touch on episode six a little bit, right? Well no no I'm I wanna touch a little bit. I'm sorry guys. I'm sorry. I wanna touch a little bit on episode Back to episode five. We're going to touch back on episode five. So there's a there's a legendary practice in Monte Carlo, right, that we we finally get to see. Right. And this practice was kind of like changing of the guard. Right. Um, you know, uh, you know, for so long, Magic and Bird was the cream of the crop, the kings of the league. Right. And then you have Jordan who is now, and it's not just coming to his own. He did win a title in 90, and, um, 91-92. Uh, so now, you know, they're having this practice in Monte Carlo where Magic and Magic and Chuck, Charles Barkley, is uh, killing Jordan's team, right? They're up by eight, you know what I mean? And uh, Jordan, you know, Magic comes up to Jordan, Magic comes up to Jordan's like, hey man, listen, if you don't turn to Air Jordan, listen, y'all guys gonna get blown out. And man, do you listen? The one thing I realized about Jordan, you don't put a battery on his back because he's able to do that on his own, right? Jordan's able to get himself riled up and do some and, and, and take you to the hole. So he just proceeds down the court, trip by trip, to 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 beat Magic and. Uh, to beat Magic and uh, Chuck's uh, practice squad to the point that they're up by two. Man, Magic is furious, man, talking about how Jordan gets all the calls and how they move the, the Bulls arena over here to Monte Carlo. And then Jordan just says, 
quickly like, hey, man, this is the 90s now. And, you know, Magic is like, yo, so what's that supposed to mean? And I think we all knew what that meant. Hey, buddy, this ain't the 80s. This is the change of the guard. It is my time. It's time for you guys to get out of here, right? Bird already knew it. Bird retired. But listen, Magic was still, I mean, Magic was retired too. He actually took like a year and a half. He was a year and a half away from the game. But listen, man, it was Jordan's time. Well, to the point where like Amar Rashad asked a question. And, you know, he was like, with the game on the line, who takes the last shot? And Jordan just looked at him like me. You know, what kind of question is that? And then Jordan just had that supreme confidence, man. Um, In that documentary also, they talk about how Jerry Krause was, you know, in love with Tony Kukoc, how Tony Kukoc was the next phase of the Bulls. And that's great and all, you know, a 6'10", 6'10", power forward slash small forward who could put the ball on the floor, uh, you know, who could shoot the rock, you know what I'm saying? do amazing things, you know, Tony Kukoc is kind of a precursor for how the, the bigs play today, so I totally get it, but man, did that ever fire up Jordan and Pippen to the point, man, listen, Jordan was like, listen, Tony Kukoc is for me and Pippen, because the thing, the thing was, is it was nothing personal towards Tony, right, it was nothing personal towards Tony, what it was more so about was that, you know, this Bulls roster gave Jerry Krause a championship. And while the organization and, you know, the GM make decisions on player personnel, you know what I'm saying? The players still got to go out there and play the game, right? That's their job. That's what they have to do. And Jerry Krause just kind of left it all to the organization where he was like, wow, the team is great. This organization is one of the greatest organizations, if not the greatest. And I hear you, Jerry Krause, because you're, you're all the way in Yugoslavia, you know what I'm saying, going going for this guy in Yugoslavia, and he's on your radar. Listen, that's a great thing because, you know what, GMs are supposed to be in these gyms looking for the best product, looking what can add to a piece to compete for another championship. Because the thing is, is that when you're competing for a championship, to repeat, is hard, right? Because the, the, there's mental fatigue. There's not as much desire because you already been at the mountaintop and you kind of have to push yourself, right? Not only the players, but the organizations that I did as well, had to as well. And listen, Jerry Krause did a remarkable job when it came to picking players. But at the same time, I think that he slighted his players, right? Because, listen, at this time when he was trying to woo Tony, Tony Kukoc, you know, he has a contract. He has a contract that he has to kind of deal with with Scottie Pippen, right? Like, Pippen needs to get paid, man. But you're over here wooing Tony Kukoc and, and, and just forgetting about the guys who kind of making you GM of the year. And it's not fair to them, you know. But, listen, Jerry Krause thought he was above the players. And, you know, at that time... You know, like I said, he did pick he did pick Pippen and Horace, right, in 87, right? So Jerry Krause did have an idea of kind of what he was doing, but I think the way he handled it uh, was kind of bad, and I didn't really care for how Jerry Krause tried to alienate his players. Um, um, so Jordan and, 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 and Pippen made sure for Tony Kukoc to pay for what, 
for how Jerry Krause bigged them up, and they, and they surely did, man. That first game, man, they they beat them one hundred three to seventy, and then you know in the second game, championship game, uh, U.S. USA ended up beating them again, but Tony Kukoc played fairly well in that game. USA ended up beating them one seventeen to eighty five. The crazy thing about that was there was a part in the documentary where, you know, Jordan was like, man, I'm not showing this Reebok logo, right? I'm Nike, you know what I'm saying? Just like how I think Kawhi doesn't mess with Gatorade. He he knocks it off the table every time because he's a Powerade guy or whatever. Jordan was like, listen, man, this is how we going to fix this. We going to put this, we going to put this American flag across this Reebok logo and we're gonna accept this we're gonna accept these uh these medals. Well he did it, but Jordan wasn't having it. Jordan was all about his money. And that was the thing, man, a little thing in this documentary that um you know, there was a statement, the most controversial statement Jordan ever made probably during his playing career was that Republican buy shoes too. And um basically, you know, it touched a little bit on the documentary about Harvey Gantt was running for Senate out of North Carolina at the time, and the big thing about that was Jordan not endorsing Harvey Gent against Jesse Helms, and, and that was a big thing, and he caught a little, Jordan caught a lot of slack uh, for that, where uh, the shine of Jordan kind of washed away a bit, you know, you kind of got to see Jordan as a, as a, uh, as a person who makes fault, because the whole time, you know, Jordan's under this like Mike, everybody wanted to be like Mike, uh, guys, this campaign. And, you know, the thing is, is like trying to live up to Mike is hard because Mike is human. So you have this image, you know, people have this image of Mike and it's like, yo, it's hard being Michael Jordan. And in episode six, he touches that a little bit where, you know, the crazy thing is we, we kind of ridicule LeBron, right. For dealing how he handles the media, right? But if you look at it, LeBron is under a lot of scrutiny. Where Jordan, he may have been under scrutiny, but it was like, listen, you were kind of like, yo, Bird and Magic is there. So, yeah, you're not going to be winning right now. But the moment where it comes out about his gambling, the moment where it comes out about the AC trip, the moment where the Knicks take the Bulls down 2-0, and Yo, there's all these questions about Jordan. And from that 93 Eastern Conference Finals, when the Bulls actually end up winning to the 93 Finals against the um, the Phoenix Suns, you know, Jordan breaks his media silence, his two weeks media silence. He talks to Ahmad Rashad. He lets him know he doesn't have a gambling problem. He has a competition problem. And he's wearing these sunglasses. And he just looks like a crazy sketch artist, man. And, but, you know, it was funny. Uh, but, you know, that kind of drove uh, Jordan out the league, you know. But, um, listen, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Let's Be Real. Again, happy Mother's Day. If you got any questions or comments, hit us hit us up on Let's Be Real Talk at gmail.com. You can hit us up on YouTube at Let's Be Real Sportscast. Facebook, make sure to check out the LBRS Sports Blog on Facebook, Twitter as well. Happy Mother's Day, and I I hope y'all enjoy the rest of y'all day. Yo, episode 7 and 8 is tonight. I will be covering that next Sunday at 6 p.m., so make sure you tune for that. All right? That's another episode in the back. Peace.